What is good, all of our listeners and viewers? Welcome back to another episode of Games and Groceries. My name is Adam. And I'm Liz. And I hope I don't get mauled by a bear tomorrow. Oh, no. Uh, we're here at episode 133, where we're going to be talking about the cultural influence brought by video games with our very special guest, Travis, from the Rainbow Road podcast. But first, we've got some segments for you. Yes, we do. Oops, I clicked. Good job. Dang it. I was so close. Uh, that was the third take, so we're gonna keep going with it. Liz, how you doing? I'm doing good. Yeah, cool. Great. Why are you scared you're gonna get mauled by a bear? Like, anything can happen in life, you know? Especially this past year. Yeah, exactly. And this year's not off to a great start either. I mean, rednecks stormed the Capitol and got inside. Tomorrow I might be mauled by a bear in, in the restaurant that I work in. So it's possible. You never know. I could be saying, oh, party of four? What's that? Party of five? Your fifth is a bear what and then actually be really interesting to see a bear at your restaurant i would love to and i'll be like hey we can't bring bears in they'll be like oh it's actually a a seeing eye bear (laughs) (laughs) uh and i'll be like okay cool uh word yeah okay so uh yeah we got a special guest here on the show we got travis our good friend travis uh we've had him on the show before great delight super awesome uh yeah so why don't we get the show started now okay yeah, so we got some announcements for you. Uh, one, actually, by the time you're listening to this, this week, as you're listening to this podcast, we'll have released, finally, the first video of Evolts, uh, our new channel called Evolt. Uh I will, uh, well, I can't leave a description, you know, something link description thing. Because it's not out yet. It's not out just yet. But, uh, yep, I will uh, update you. Uh, follow us on the social medias. But, yes, uh, we are releasing the first video uh, uh, I'll be honest. It's not our. It's not our best, but no. we know it's our. It's getting our feet wet and something that we want to do, something mm-hmm. more creative, and uh, uh, we're very excited to finally release this thing. So, but you can uh, be updated on our social media pages. Uh, you can check us out on Twitter at Gaming Groceries, or you can follow us individually. I'm at Ace the Grocer, and I'm at Journey First. And you can also follow us on Instagram, Games of Groceries, all one word, where you can see behind scene photos, uh, some memes here and there. If I decide to post some, and some questions, I'll ask you about the show. Yeah. Wow! You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and even Facebook, and I'll ask you some questions that relate to the show that's going to be happening right now, and I want you involved in the discussion. But in terms of social media, you can. Also, join our Discord group. There you go. Thank you, Adam. Uh, you can join our Discord. Link is in the description down below. I will also also ask you the social media answers there. But it's a good time. We've got Andrew Orsi on there. We've got uh, Travis, who was our guest. Uh, we've got Nikki over there. So it's a good time. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, a, it's a great Discord. So uh, definitely check that out. Link in the description. Definitely join up and uh, join in on discussion. And you have to post a meme as soon as you get there. Go into the meme page. Post a meme. Thank you very much. No NSFW stuff. Okay? Cool. Great. I didn't post a meme. No. What? Hi. Huh? I never posted a meme. You'll be arrested later. Anyways, okay. we have a website, gamesandgroceries.com, where you can listen to all the podcasts from the website, as well as you can listen to all, all the all the podcasts from the audio. You, you know the deal. And then, uh, if you haven't yet, subscribe to the channel and uh, leave uh, you know you know the notification bell. Of course, if you like podcasts just like this, this is now a Games and Groceries podcast only. Podcasts will be posted on this channel. Uh, go over to Evil if you want to see discussion videos. But uh, here we'll be uh, doing the podcast. So if you love gaming podcasts. Boom. Place to be. Hit that subscription button. So uh, with all that said and done, let's just, just, just go ahead. Let's just go ahead. Let's start the show with our first. 
first segment, Movie Minutes. Movie Minutes is a segment that we talk about the movies that we watched in the past week, whether it be on Netflix, Hulu, or even HBO Max, if we like to give you a recommendation or not a recommendation. Uh, but this week's movie is actually coming from Hulu. Woo-hoo. Not a Hulu exclusive, mind you, but it is found on Hulu. Wait a second. I said woohoo, and then I was like, wait, it could be woohoo. Oh, good. You're, 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 really, you're really on thin ice here. You didn't post a meme on the Discord, and now this... You're a criminal. I'm calling the FBI. So this week's movie can be found on Hulu and is actually called, let's say it together now, three, two, one, Allah. I forgot. Dang it, Lizzie. <laughs> Thin ice. Thin. <laughs> I forgot the name. Three, two, one, Alone. alone. God. <laughs> Alone. It's found on. Uh, it's it's a 2020 uh, movie. It's found on Hulu. It's definitely uh, an independent film. And uh, first, let's talk about what we gave it each. So we have a five point scale here on Games and Groceries. We start at avoid at all costs. Eh, pass. Enjoyable. Solid and perfect for us. So uh, out of those five, what did we give it? We gave it a solid. I gave it a solid. You gave it solid. It's not nearly perfect, but it's very much over the enjoyable mark. Mm-hmm. And let's explain why we gave this movie solid. So first and foremost, the direction was great. There was, mm-hmm. you you know me, if you've seen this show before, what's my worst enemy? Aha, exposition. Hate it. God. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, I hate exposition. Hate it, hate it, hate it. Because it's just like, you know, just set up the movie the way you want it to. Mm -hmm. And you got to see everything be set up with context, right? Yeah. Uh, The very first scene, it's her moving. It's with a U-Haul truck. It's a very small U-Haul trailer. Yeah, it's just a trailer. Yeah. And so you get to see, like, okay. She's on her own now. She's moving away. Mm-hmm. You get to see uh, other things. I'm not going to spoil anything because yeah. I want you to see this movie because I think it's solid. But there's different context within the movie that you get exposition from. Because here's mm-hmm. the thing. Exposition is not a bad thing. It's blatant, nope. like reading a story before the story starts. Yeah. You're like, oh, let me catch you up on this thing. Mm-hmm. Star Wars did it best. Stop it. Uh, but yeah, what did you think about all that? The like first, yeah, just like the setup and everything. Did like, did you I understand was, what was going on then? I understood what was going on, but I was kind of like, just more. I was just more of like, all right, where are we going with this? Like, I was more curious. Like, yeah, when is dialogue going to start? Yeah, um, I actually found that very satisfying because again, I don't like it when people catch me up on the story. Just, just tell your story. Let me. That's what was great mm-hmm. about Underwater, because it, it had some exposition in there, yeah. just like kind of reading her thoughts here and there, but it wasn't, mm-hmm. you know, to the point of like, well, why are we here? Why da, 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 da. Yeah. But yeah, they do explain it later. Yeah. But when it was first happening, I was like, mm-hmm. okay, why are we doing this? Yeah. Can someone tell me what's happening? But I think the setup was to make sure that you know how alone this person is. Yeah. Um, because there's family troubles, right? Mm-hmm. There's a there's moving to a d- 
different place. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, there's just the helplessness inside of her. All of that was just set up in context yeah. to make sure that you knew how alone this person is. Yeah. Uh, with the setup, and the whole setup, and it's probably it's probably in the trails. We didn't watch it, but she's being followed by somebody who's you know really creepy guy with a mustache. But uh, yeah, proving so, my point. Um, um, anyways, but, uh, yeah, so it's a, it's just a very creepy, uh, vibe to it. Yeah. It's more of like eerie. Like the whole time you're, you're waiting for something bad to be happening. It sets that tone mm-hmm. where, you know, something bad's going to happen, but it's not like happening. So you're just sitting there like, yeah, now is it, is it now? And it's just very tense. And the, yeah. the other thing I liked about this is going to my second note here. Uh, each act is actually why well, I, I at first I wrote this as acts mm-hmm. because I thought it was break, broke up into three different acts. It's actually five different chapters mm. and it's broke. And each scene, I should say, is broken up to uh, chapters mm-hmm. and you get to see the road, the river, the rain. Yeah. And it's all these things that uh, it makes each set piece more dynamic and actually meaningful to the story because each chapter is set place on the, you know, the chapter. Yeah. So I, I think it made each set more significant. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I like that you, as the movie goes on. And by the way, it's an hour and a half film. Yeah. It just, it's broken up into chapters. Yeah. It was, diff- that was different. Yeah. Did you like that at all? Um, I don't, I didn't, I'm pretty neutral on it. I yeah. Like it or dislike it. Yeah. I thought, I thought it, it was, was just, just a clever different. way of, yeah. of telling a story. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I enjoyed it, but, mm-hmm. Ultimately, this movie, uh, and this is my final thought, ultimately this movie made you feel powerless in the right ways, and it made you feel powerful. It made you feel like this character in the movie. It it actually made you feel as powerless as her. Yeah. But there was times, especially the end scene, this movie- We're just like, yeah! This movie, if, if anything, the end scene is- just worth everything. Awesome. It was great. Even leading up to it, we're like, you're being stupid. Yeah. Don't do that. And then it happened. We're like, okay, you got this. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was uh, it was a great movie. Uh, and I feel like it just made you feel for her. Yeah. Because of context. Because yeah. of the silence of, yeah. of, of the music. It definitely used silence. Yes. Uh, and, and, I, and I felt like this movie really made you feel something. Now, we mm-hmm. didn't give it perfect. Because there are some things about it where we're just like, that's the dumbest move. Why? Why would you or do that? Or how did she get away with that? How did she get away with there that? Ju- it's some things that it's like, because movie yeah, was it, the way they got away with it. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's the thing. There are some conveniences here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wouldn't call it contrived. It's just, you know, because movie. Yeah. And I know that's the definition of contrived, but um, it, it's, a diff- it's a different feel. But mm-hmm. it's ju- it just misses the mark of perfect for us. Yeah. For us. Uh, but we gave it solid. I mm-hmm. definitely think it's worth a watch. If you definitely. have a if you have a Hulu subscription, uh, definitely watch Alone. Again, it was made in 2020. I don't know if I'm right, but I'm pretty sure it's an independent film. It, ha- if, it Even if it's not, it has that feel. Yeah. And uh, there's nobody big in here. That, no, not that I can recall. But the, the actors were fantastic. Yeah, they were great. Fantastic acting. Fantastic. Yeah. Every, oh, I don't want to give it away, but there was one scene where it's just so creepy. It just made you like, uh, like there, there's things where it makes your spine shiver. Yeah. I'll just, the basement. 
Oh yeah. Oh, the the acting is phenomenal. Oh yeah, here. that was. I don't even know how they got through that scene because I would have been like, mm-hmm. no. Yeah, that, that's the thing. That it's so good that I have to give a trigger warning. Yeah. About this movie, it's oh, yeah. it's so good acting that I I actually have to give you if you're if you're sensitive to uh, sexual assaults, um, there is no raping in this. Yeah, movie. Yeah, there's no actual sexual assault. But if you are triggered by those things, then this isn't really a movie because they put it so. They make it very believable. Yeah. But again, it's called Alone. Definitely worth a watch. Uh, we think it's solid, but it's time to talk about some video game news. Mm-hmm. So let's just get into it. Let's finally get to our gaming news with our second segment. Top three gaming news. The top three gaming news is the gaming news that we saw in the past. Week. We like to rank a three, two, one, just to give you a condensed version of what's going on in the gaming industry. Hey, what's going on? Mm. What the... I, Hey, business twins. No. Oh my god. Business twins. <laughs> uh so yeah, we got some three we got three gaming news that we want to give you. And uh first and foremost, uh it's it's great. It's kind of a, a little mixed bag here. Two two gaming news in one post. Wow. Wow. Bethesda's making an Indiana Jones game. Wow. So there's two separate stories with this. Uh, this was kind of the first sign that the second story was about to happen. So I'm kind of like smushing them together, almost like cookie dough and brownie mix. Boom, smush. Mm, yes. uh, so Bethesda came out saying that they're making an Indiana Jones game. They say it's a far way off. Uh, don't don't be expecting it too much. But uh, yeah, they're they're actually making it with Machine Games, who made uh, the Wolfenstein. So if you like the modern Wolfenstein games. Those are the people that made it. And it's being executive produced by Todd Howard. Oh. And they also came out, Bethesda came out and said, this Indiana Jones game will not affect the uh, release dates of Elder Scrolls 6 or Starfield. Uh, Better not. Yeah. (laughs) Todd (laughs) Howard's fine. He's just just making a grander idea for a sci-fi game. He's just executive producing an Indiana Jones game. He's just making the next Elder Scrolls. He's fine. He's fine. He's got this. He's got this. <laughs> uh, but I want to read this article uh, quotes. Uh, all the articles are linked down below if you want to read them for yourself. But uh, this article then says that while the details are slim, Disney says the game will tell a wholly original standalone tale set at the height of the career of the famed adventurer. Teaser video hints that the game will also take place in Rome. Oh, fancy. So, so this isn't going to be based on the Indiana Jones movies. It's like a continuation. Uh, it's a standalone tale. So it's the height of his career. So it might be after Indiana Jones 2, probably. Oh, okay. I got you. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's at the height of his career is what they're saying. It's a standalone. It's nothing really to do anything with the movies. Mm-hmm. Um, now, my one question is, I'm just like, oh, cool. Um, is Indiana Jones even relevant anymore? You know what I mean? Um, like it's it's like people know of it, but like people well, like they me just do a new movie. Uh, they're they're starting to do a movie. The, so I think that's what they're betting on. I think the last movie, the uh, 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 Skull, something Skull, Crystal Skull. Yeah, I think that was made in like 2010. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. I think they're betting like with the new game. They're betting on betting the new on, movie. Yeah. 
yeah, ramping true. up excitement again. People true. will go back and watch the originals. True. So I think that's kind of what they're going off of that. Like it's coming back. Yeah. So, and like I said, this isn't going to come out for a while, so it yeah. might never get made. Like if they decide that it's not going to be yeah. worth it. Yeah. It, it could be canceled. Who knows? Just like the Uncharted movies. But, you know, uh, apparently those are being set in stone by Tommy Holland. Thank you, man. Uh, So the other thing, this is the cookie donut. Let's smash together this brownie mix right here. Uh, It seems to be that now who are they partnering partnering with this? Lucasfilms. Of all things, Lucasfilms. Oh, why are they going there instead of EA? It's because... It seemed as if the Star Wars license, you know, owned by Lucasfilms, is actually being projected away from EA. And Ubisoft is now making an open world Star Wars game. That sounds fun. Absolutely. Absolutely. Assassin's Creed Star Wars. Cool. Oh, goodness gracious, no. But, uh, yeah, so it seems as if this was the first time that uh, Lucasfilms is actually tearing away into different video game companies. Uh, and I was talking to a couple of people. Maybe Platinum Games gets a little Star Wars game here and there. That would be pretty cool, but who knows? But, uh, yeah, pretty cool stuff that we're going to get more Star Wars games from different places. And we're even getting an Indiana Jones game in five years. But... As long as it's uh it's happening, as long as the Star Wars license gets put out into different places, mm-hmm. I'm happy. Like yeah. let all the developers have their chance at yeah. a Star Wars game. Mm-hmm. But it is what it is. Great news. I think it's fan freaking tastic. Yeah. In other great news, it's about video game spending. You spent a lot of money, gamers, and also non-gamers. Apparently, uh, yeah. apparently 2020 was the largest year in video game spending in history mm-hmm. it's gone up about 27 percent and i believe the number was uh in terms of video game sales i believe 56.9 billion that doesn't sound right maybe it's million That's a lot yeah it's gotta be either million or billion i should have i would believe billion i would believe billion too because honestly it, i mean and the thing is this isn't really surprising yeah because what else were we going to do this year? Exactly. Exactly. Or last yeah. year, I should say, at this point. Yeah. And uh, this is according to the MPT, MPD group, uh, who says that, like, you know, the biggest year in gaming uh, sales history. And uh, they they said, like, which games topped the charts? And guess which game topped the charts this year? Animal Crossing. No. Really? Call of Duty. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Animal Crossing actually came in third. And then Madden 21 came in fourth. What but, was in second? Uh, the top two games were Call of Duty Modern Warfare and Call of Duty Black Ops. Yeah. Whatever. I mean, not surprising. This is the fifth year in a row. Yeah. I mean, it, it's not surprising because it is a popular game. Mm-hmm. The reason Animal Crossing is so high up is because non-gamers yeah. were buying a <laughs> Switch just to play Animal Crossing. Yeah. This year, because they had nothing else to do in quarantine. Which brings me to my next point, is that the Nintendo Switch was actually the highest selling console of the year. Mm-hmm. It was actually a highest selling. In fact, they sold so many Switches this year that it actually got into the gaming history. The only other console that came that the, the Switch came close to in terms of dollar sales amount was the Nintendo Wii. 
in yeah. 2008, I believe they said. What? Well, I was going to say, my theory, the reason why they sold so many mm-hmm. Switches is because you basically need a Switch for everyone in the house if you're all playing Animal Crossing. Very true. So yes. when you have a family of five, so mm-hmm. you got three kids, and each of those kids need their own Switches to play Animal Crossing. Yes. Because you know they're not sharing a town. Nope. So they had that one household with three Switches in it. So I do want to read this quote from the article that's linked down below. And it says the second most, uh, this is the most interesting part here. Um, And I'm going to just read this quote here. So, of course, the Switch was the highest selling console of this year. And then they say the hard to find PlayStation 5, meanwhile, came in second place in dollar sales, though it was outsold in sheer volume by its predecessor, the PlayStation 4. Notably, the least expensive version of the PlayStation 5 cost $400, and the most expensive version of the PlayStation 4 cost $400. Uh, So it was outsold in volume by its Mm -hmm. predecessor. And so they're saying in dollar sales amounts, the PlayStation 5 got more sales. And uh, that's what they're saying is that the hard-to-find system. Now, I'm sure because of the scalpers... That that number oh, went yeah. up. Yeah. I, I'm sure like that that got in second place because all the scalpers started to buy it. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I wonder if the PlayStation Five wasn't so hard to find. If scalpers didn't, yeah, actually, um, uh, purchase them. I wonder if the PlayStation Five would overtake the Switch, even though it came out in November. Yeah, and it's surprising that, uh. The second place came PlayStation 5, and it came out in November, mm-hmm. and the Nintendo Switch had the entire year, Yeah, and PlayStation 5 still yeah. got in second place. So I wonder if, you know, scalpers didn't exist in an ideal world. I wonder if PlayStation 5 would have overtaken the Switch in terms of sales. Maybe. But uh, I guess we'll never know. But uh, yeah, yep. the country is now set up for the greatest gaming year of 2021 because everyone's got a Switch now. And Every- everyone's still stuck at home. Everybody's still stuck at home. Everybody's used to buying video games, so the sales are still going up. Mm-hmm. So we're set up for the greatest gaming year of all time. Mm-hmm. It's just a matter of time. Let's just see what happens. So let's just wrap things up. I'm going to go just quickly go through this because I want our guests to come on. And we've talked enough yes. about CD Projekt Red. It's, yes. it's the number one gaming news. Oh, Shocker. what happened? So many things. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm just going to breeze through this. Uh, I know it's the number one gaming news, but that's because uh, Marcin Iwinski, if I said his name right, Marcin Iwinski, uh, he's he's sorry, guys. Oh, it's so sorry. <laughs> um, so he came out with a public apology video detailing that please do not blame the developers. The developers had nothing to do with this. It was Marston as well as the uh, board of directors. They actually made the decision to push the game forward. Mm-hmm. Now, in this apology video. He also states that, uh, let me just make sure, let me read the quote first. Uh, Yeah, because I was just about to bring this up. He was blaming also their ambition for the PC editions and didn't really focus on the consoles too much, Hmm. even though, even though (laughs) that you're an experienced video game developer and you you made this kind of oopsie. Yeah. Oops. So let me read this quote right here. 
In trying to explain the gap in quality between PC and console versions, Iwinski cites issues with trying to scale the game down to meet restrictions on older hardware. Even though he started developing it in 2012, but you know, screw me. Keep reading. Um, We made it even more difficult for ourselves by first wanting to make the game look epic on PCs and adjusting it to consoles, especially old gens, Iwinski says. That was our core assumption, and things did not look super difficult at first. While we knew that the hardware gap, ultimately, time was proven that we underestimated the task. Oh, you think? He basically just said, oops. Oops. Sorry. That's what he said. So, yes, uh, Owinski then just went on to say that, like, I'm sorry. This is our, you know, DLC plans. Uh, This is our roadmap. We're going to give you the next-gen hardware update the second half of 2021 so if you're playing on playstation 5 or xbox series x uh you're not going to get this kind of update the next gen hardware update until the second half of 2021 so oops Hmm. but yeah so i love that quote right there saying that like oh we tried to make it epic on pc and then downgrade it to consoles that doesn't work (laughs) yeah Uh, and you're in your experience video game developer but like you should know better and that's the thing. If you want to make it epic on PC, just make it a PC exclusive. Yeah. Like, why? Why just? Why not just do that then? Yeah. I, and or I know. Take the time to make sure that they fit the systems. Yes. So, it is what it is. Uh, it's disappointing, but at mm-hmm. least he came out. He apologized publicly, and he said he's sorry. And he said, you know, he didn't put his developers. He didn't put any of his team under the bus. He put yeah. himself under the bus. So bravo for him. But it's still just kind of like, oh, we we didn't est- we underestimated the task, and it's just like you 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 are a well established yeah. video game developer, way too experienced. Yeah, this is doing this type of oopsie. They they were they didn't just know about The Witcher three, that also yeah. The Witcher two, also The Witcher one, also they run GOG, also they they're CD Projekt Red, <laughs> but uh, you know they 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 have experience mm-hmm. in game development. Mm-hmm. And they made this kind of oopsie. I, it's just kind of like it's unacceptable. It really is. You can't have this much experience and have this rookie of a move. Yeah, but it is what it is. Uh, just wanted to breeze by that real quick. That Marston, he's very sorry. They should call him Marsari. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah. So that's the top three gaming news that we have for you. Uh, the Bethesda is making an Indiana Joe game. Uh, Indiana Jones game. What do you think about that? Write your thoughts in the comments down below. As well as uh, Nintendo Switch was the top-selling console of 2020. Do you think that was great? I think it was great because uh, we didn't buy it in 2020. We bought ours in 2019. What did we buy? Uh, Nintendo Switch. Yeah. Uh, so that's great. And also, Marcin, he's Marsari. What do you think about that? So write your thoughts in the comments down below. Also, you know, join us on Discord. You can also chat with us there. Uh, chat with us about the you know the top three gaming news there. But it's time to bring on our guest. It's time. Let's bring him on. I'm so excited. Okay. So let's bring him on. It's uh, Travis from the Rainbow Road Podcast. He's a he's a fantastic guy. Really, really great guy. Can't cannot stress that enough. Uh, if you don't know what Raven Road podcast is, I'll let him explain a little bit more. But uh, he tries to bring together all uh, creators from the LGBTQ uh, plus community and uh, share their thoughts about video games there. But I want him to explain some more. So let's just bring him on. I'm so excited. Let's bring on Travis from the Rainbow Road podcast. Woo-hoo! Coffee time. 
All right, everybody, we are back with our very special guest, uh, the, the, the king of gaming. I know I said that with other people, but the, 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 the king of Canada, it's, it's Travis go. from the Rainbow World Podcast. Woo! Hello. Travis, <laughs> uh, what's it like to be king of Canada? Uh, you know what? It's it's really great because I have so much land and no one on it. It's <laughs> swaths of tundra with nothing to do there you go i mean that's the uh, that's the best way to live in my opinion but uh yeah so travis you're back on a second time isn't it an honor tell us it's an honor how much of an honor is it <laughs> uh it is an absolute honor i am so humbled to be in your presence again thank you adam and liz oh you're dang right <laughs> so stupid um, travis thank you again for coming on the show uh, we, we loved having you on the first time and we just wanted to bring you back, especially for this topic, you know, the the influence of video games. And I definitely wanted to get your opinions on it because there's definitely been a lot in modern video games to influence culture, uh, maybe sometimes mirrors culture and just, um, you know, really enforces that. I shouldn't say enforces influence that that's, you know, that that's a little bit uh, strong there, Adam. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, we're here to in, uh, enforce influence. But <laughs> so let's first define the past. Let's start, first define retro games. Right. So. We're seeing these articles come out, and I'll have an article linked down below. One of these articles said that uh, video games now have much more influence now over movies and music, uh, and that's huge. Uh, mm -hmm. That's massive. And I want to ask before, before we get into the discussion, why don't we think that video games had this sort of influence over culture before, like talking about NES or even, I'll even say it, Xbox 360 days, you know, the, the, that generation. Uh, Travis, let's start with you. Why don't we ever think that video games had this sort of influence in, in, uh, in the past? Well, I think uh, if you look at the history of gaming, even before we got into video games, you know, just games in general, societies had a really weird and complicated relationship with how games work. Mm. Uh, they are both a child thing, things that you do in your childhood and you grow out mm -hmm. of. And yet at the same time, it is the height of intelligence and mm. the height of tactic mastery so mm -hmm. you know when we look at uh how smart a computer is we can use teraflops of processing power but that despite being a hard objective number is a very abstract thing for a human being to understand mm -hmm. and the questions that we end up asking are things like can deep blue w beat a human at chess can mm -hmm. watson beat humans at jeopardy things like that um so it's kind of always had a very confused relationship with what a game should be. Mm. Uh, and because of that, I think that's why it really didn't have a lot of influence before. Um, and I think especially in the 80s, you saw a trend to pushing it towards a, a toy. It was mm -hmm. pushed into the toy section away from electronics. Yeah. Um, and that made it very childlike for a long time. Uh, and it was also very gendered because it was in the toy mm. aisle and toys are very gendered. It was pushed very heavily towards boys. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't reaching the same kind of audiences that it is today. Um, yeah. So I, I feel like now that it has become so ubiquitous in our culture, it, it has to influence it just by being present as a part of it. Yeah. Yeah. No, and, and, and that's true. I, I think um, what we can get from that, from, you know, the history of retro video games is that the, the industry was confused of what it was at the time. Mm -hmm. It didn't know. Uh, where its influence lied, it, like you said, 
I was in the toy aisle, you know, it, yeah. it influenced kids. Oh, no, not just kids, you know, no, no boys, you know, boys yeah. only. And then, um, of course, you know, in retro games, you know, we had the crash because there was just it just marketed itself more mm -hmm. as an item rather than a piece of art, you know, or equipment or equipment. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, Liz, what do you think? Um. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> no, I, I agree with what Travis was saying that I think that in the past it didn't have as big of an influence for the same per for like the purpose of it was seen as a toy. It was seen for children. Yeah. And no one thought anything past that. Yeah. Whereas now <laughs> almost every household has at least one system that pe yes. someone plays video games on mm -hmm. and more adults are playing video games because it's the generation that played it as kids and grew up yeah. and still like them. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I think that's why you're seeing the shift of it having more influence because it grew up with us yes. in a way. So, yeah. And uh, like, like you said, I think there's just a lot more, uh, computing power that we do have today, and I don't believe I, I don't believe for a second that pixels can't tell a story. I don't think pixels, you know, can uh, not influence culture. And what I'm trying to say is that if retro games didn't have that computing power, could it influence culture? I think anything can influence culture. Mm -hmm. It's just a matter of now it has much more power to influence how culture is. Mm -hmm. Or even reflect it or mirror it because there's a lot more things you can do now to depict culture. Yeah. Right. Uh, you know, like the famous E.T. game, which, uh, you know, designed by <laughs> yeah. uh, Howard Scott Warsaw, yeah. which he just came out with a book, the creator, saying how he uh, fixed the industry by breaking it. He's very proud of that game, mm -hmm. apparently. Uh, he's very proud of it. And he wants almost like to break the industry just so it could reset itself. And that's how like culture was kind of set into place there. I still want to read that book. It sounds very interesting. He sounds like a very interesting person uh, from what I've seen from him. But uh, yeah, no, I, I just think that there's a lot more that we can take from this. Uh, mm -hmm. Travis, you about to say something. So you mentioned, you know, computing power and things like that. Um, there's also been a very high barrier to entry for gaming for a long time. Oh, it true. costs you several hundred dollars to get a console in order mm -hmm. to play a game. Mm. And now that consoles are not the only way to play. Mm. You can play on computers, which again, were very expensive for a long time and not yeah. everyone mm -hmm. had them. Uh, and now it's also on your cell phone. Most people these days have a cell phone or have a computer mm. and are able to play games on them. And they don't have to be that powerful in order to do that, especially mm -hmm. with the, you know, blossoming of the indie, uh, indie sphere. There's so many games that are available that you don't have to have that same barrier to entry that you would have had before. And mm -hmm. it's a lot easier to get involved. So that's why we're seeing the audience grow like it has. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's true. And, um, you know, I, I think Blizzard put it best by saying, don't you all have phones? <laughs> <laughs> and I, and I, <laughs> yeah. And I think yeah. that's true, though. And, and I think that's why Blizzard decided to go with, I think it was Diablo Immortal. I think that was the title it was called. The mobile game? I, I know it was Diablo. I don't remember. Yeah, it was Diablo Immortal. And it went to mobile games. And they actually said, don't you have phones? And they, he made a good point. Memeable as it was. <laughs> um, <laughs> he made a great point by saying that we're reaching out to you. You get a game. Yeah. Might not be the game you want. But guess what? Don't you all have phones? And they could reach in their pockets. And yes. Yeah. Boom. And like what you said, Travis, there's. There's much more access to gaming mm -hmm. right now. 
I've played a little a little bit of X Cloud even with my yeah. Xbox Game Pass, and I was just telling you, like, I'm playing Siege on my phone. Mm-hmm. Like, I never thought that could happen ever. Like, if you told 13 year old self that you're going to play a multiplayer shooter game on your phone, I would be like, that's whack. Oh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I was. I remember just having fun playing whatever game came on my mom's like nokia i like the the snake and uh i don't even remember what it was yeah i just remember like asking i'm like oh can i play a game on your phone Mm -hmm. and it was like just like black pixels on the screen (laughs) and i remember playing tetris on my flip phone yes tetris yes and it was like that was like super cool yeah exactly and then i had another one it was my last, I think it was like my last one before a smartphone. Yeah. It could read when I was turning it. And I was, it was like a game like that where it's like, I could like, yeah. turn, like move the, whatever I was Had like flying. a gyroscope in it. Yeah. yeah. So I was like, oh, this is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the thing. There's a much more access to it. Now that kind of brings me to uh, my second question here. When we're talking about influence in games, like now that we know, like there is, a much higher access to gaming. It can be on your phone. It can be on your switch. It can be on your console, your PC. There's so much access to gaming. And we just talked about that in the top three gaming news that this was the highest year Mm -hmm. for video game buying in history. Everybody's got consoles now, most of them switches, but still gaming. Mm -hmm. Now, now that we know that video games have more influence than music and movies, you know, speaking as you know, the article speaks, uh, do we actually feel that video games are the best way to spread this kind of influence? And let me uh, set this question up with another setup. Uh, when we're talking about influence of music, movies, right? I, I believe that, you know, in the early 2000s, music played a huge part in defining culture. I'm talking My Chemical Romance. I'm talking about Red uh, Jumpsuit Apparatus. I'm talking about Tupac. I know he's the 90s. But... That's the thing is that music played a huge role in defining what the culture was. Mm-hmm. And now we're starting to see that shift from music into video games. Video mm-hmm. games are now shifting the culture into defining what a generation is. So, again, I'm going to ask it again. Do we feel like video games are the best way to start that influence? And Travis, when we were talking off camera, you would ask me uh, again, pulling back the curtain. I give you talking points ahead of time because responsibilities uh, but Travis, you were talking to me about, uh, are, are video games, are you talking about video games, the portal to influence or are they the best role models? So let's, you know, go on both points here. Travis, what were your thoughts when you were thinking about this? Um, well, I think it really depends on how a video game is used. Cause I mean, mm. we, we were talking about like Tetris for a second ago and that is still is a video game. Yes. It mm-hmm. doesn't necessarily have a lot to say as much as other games do, but it is a part of the art. It is part of the culture. And as games have become more complex, they've been able to tell more complex stories and we've been able to do different things with them. And I think it's something that our culture hasn't really reckoned with because even with the advance of every medium before this, they've all been passive mediums. Yes. People said that radio was going to replace live music. They Mm. said that, Uh, television was going to replace film which was going to replace live theater um you know all of these things always said that they were going to erase it and yet we still had them present and part of our culture and i don't think video games will erase cinema or music Mm. but they're very different and then they're an interactive medium the fact that you have to take the role of the protagonist Mm. and have to control 
at least some part of the story. It doesn't necessarily need to be Mass Effect where it's huge, far-reaching consequences for a galaxy. It can just be, am I running left or right? Yeah. But you're still part of that, and you are projecting part of yourself onto that character and vice versa. Uh, and because of that, interactive storytelling has such a powerful effect on us. The amount of empathy it can garner out of us is really wonderful, and you can do so many creative things with yeah. it. But I feel like at the same time, it does carry with it a certain responsibility and danger that you could get people to believe certain things or think certain things because of it. Now, I, I'm not trying to say that video games cause violence. That's not the argument I'm trying to make. I know there are plenty of studies that show that that's clearly not the case, yeah. but it can affect your worldview. It can affect your mm -hmm. lens that you look at things through. Um, and I worry, you know, not so much about Mortal Kombat and Doom being violent and dangerous for children because I don't think they're going to go ripping off demons' heads looking for coins. <laughs> not yeah. worried about that. Yeah. Do I worry about something like Call of Juarez, the cartel, yeah. showing how we uh, demonize minorities and things like that mm. and uh, glorify law enforcement to commit certain dangerous acts? That's... Whoop, dropped a headphone. Uh-oh. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I do think that is something for concern. So I, it's not that video games will, are automatically better mm. or automatically worse than other mediums. Mm -hmm but they hold a different place in our hearts and they have a different ability to affect us. So I think we have to be very careful and deliberate about the choices we make when mm -hmm. we craft these games. Yeah. And uh, the one thing you were talking about, um, almost like a learning experience, right? Very first game that I thought of was uh, tell me why. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I haven't had much experience in you know, the transgender community. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, and I, and I always told my, my peers when I was a youth pastor that, it's not a matter of if transgender students come in, it's when they come in. Yeah. It's not if, mm -hmm. it's when we need to be prepared and learn more about what they're going through, what mm -hmm. their thoughts are, like what, like, you know, why they think this way and, you know, why, like, how can we help them in terms of mental stability and mm -hmm. love and care? And that's why I was so excited to play Tell Me Why. Yeah. I'm not a youth pastor anymore. But I was still very excited to play that yeah. because I hadn't had much experience, you know, firsthand yeah. with that. Do I wish that Tell Me Why really reached more into the depths of the transgender community and, you know, really reached into the depths of, you know, the minds of going through that and being, mm -hmm. you know, bombarded with questions? Yes, I really wish that it kind of dived deeper in that. Yeah. But it still was a great way to influence culture to saying, like, this is, you know, a, the greatest thing about Tell Me Why is that they treated, what was the character's name? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Oops. Oh, I had it. And yeah. You asked. Oh, no. Wait. Dang it. I feel really bad in that we are going to be covering Tell Me Why on Rainbow Road. And because of that, I haven't played it yet because I know that I want to play it fresh for when we do yes. the episode. So I haven't played it yet. I think his name is Tyler. Tyler. Yeah. Yes. It's Tyler. It is Tyler. Tyler's it is the person okay. that hasn't played it yet knew it better than we did. <laughs> Um, I love how they treated Tyler as just a normal person. Yeah. Like nothing special. He wasn't really like the hero, like, like above society. It was just Tyler mm -hmm. was a person and that was it. Yeah. You're like, this is what, you know, this is what Tyler thinks. This is what Tyler does. This is what yeah. Tyler eats. <laughs> um, and it does talk about what Tyler eats. And I'm like, oh, dude, oh, you're just ruining your stomach here. Anyways. But what I'm saying is that it just treated Tyler as a person. Mm -hmm. And it was a great way to influence culture in that sort of way. 
Yeah. And I think that was a great way to actually depict that. Um, now, I do want to talk about your thoughts, Leas. Um, My thoughts? Your thoughts. But let me ask you, Travis, real quick. Uh, Travis, you're into... You're, as in, it's a hobby of yours, into TV production. You know, you like to dabble in it every now and again. Um, you are in the production world. Uh, you, you know, produce uh, television shows. I'm not sure you can disclose any on the show. Don't feel bad if you don't want to. Uh, but you do work on TV production. Do you feel that video games depicting the transgender community can do things better than TV? Or do you think there's just two different paths? Like, what do you think? That is a really interesting question that I don't know I have an answer for. Um, yeah, I kind of took I, you off the spot here. I, no, no, that's fine. Like, yeah. I, I have a, a lot of uh, trans people who are very close to me in my life, but I'm obviously not trans myself. So I don't really. So just take what I say with a grain of salt. Oh, of course. Um, yeah. Um, I think that uh, passive and interactive mediums tell different stories. Mm -hmm. uh, and. Um, it is important for some people to um, uh, take in passive media because it, interactive can affect them in a way that's really harmful. Like, mm -hmm. tell me why I was very careful to, uh, from what I've read of articles, I haven't actually played the game myself, as I said, yeah. um, mm -hmm. to not depict overt transphobia in a way that was going to trigger people who have had to experience that in mm -hmm. their real lives. Yeah. And I feel like interactive mediums sometimes need to tell those stories, but need to be careful about how they do that yeah uh, whereas a passive medium it's a lot easier to create that distance between you and the character while still mm -hmm. understanding what's happening to them yeah um so i think people have different strengths and weaknesses um, yeah and yeah. different people are going to get different things out of the experience i i don't really know that uh uh that one's better than the other um i will say what i do find interesting is that i find there are more trans creators in video games than really? i'm seeing personally in the film and television world, mm -hmm. um, which is really interesting. I don't know why that is. I have a lot of thoughts and theories. But I was going to ask you, yeah. do you think there's a reason why? But it's kind of like throwing anybody under the bus. I don't want to put you in that spot. <laughs> like, it's just it's a really long answer about um, the what the cultures are of those two industries behind mm -hmm. production. And I, mm -hmm. I I would talk for a really long time. Um, <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, I, I think it's uh, I, I think it's gonna be interesting to see what comes out of it in the next couple of years and the the mm -hmm. kind of content mm -hmm. you'll see. Um, because of that yeah yeah and, and i and i do um i i was about to say i do agree with you uh that there are more but like you you would know more because you're one you're in the the tv production world and i'm not um and you know uh, and that's the thing i like i can think of a lot of people who are transgender that are behind video games of course you know we just talked about tell me why um the person, uh, Megan Fox, who's creating Skatebird, mm -hmm. uh, transgender, and, you know, she, you know, really uh, is representing that culture well, you know, you know, mm -hmm. proud and shouting it loud. Love it. And, uh, it, and that's the thing. I That was rhymed. And I, what's that? <laughs> there's the creator of Celeste, who's also trans. Yes. yes. Uh, Celeste is actually a huge game. Yes. Um, one that's also kind of interesting to check out is by Anna Entropy. Uh, it's a game called Dysphoria, which um, oh, I don't know if yeah. you guys know medical term for when you feel separated from your body and gender and mm -hmm. I, i'm not explaining it well because again i'm not trans so i'm really apologizing if i'm getting this wrong <laughs> um but uh how that feeling you get where you, you don't match up with your body mm. um and uh dysphoria is partly a puzzle game where you are constantly trying to fit your character into spaces where they do not fit mm. um wow which it, uh, you can see the story that's being told there yeah um yeah. 
so uh, that's another good one to check out from trans creators. Um, there's there's just so many in the industry, which is so thrilling to see. Uh, mm-hmm. So it's exciting to see what they're going to do in the next couple of years and see what games yeah. we're going to get out of it. So. Yeah. And it's, it's just like that where I feel like it's influencing culture in terms of education in that sort of way. Mm-hmm. Like this is what's going on, what I'm feeling like. And you yeah. get to play it and you get to experience it. Uh, not firsthand, not even secondhand, maybe thirdhand uh, if, you go, if you grow a thirdhand. But, you know, it is what it is. But, Liz, what are your thoughts? So, <laughs> so I haven't really thought about the influence in, like, the way that you guys have mentioned it on, like, personal right. levels or better or worse. I don't think one is better than the other. Mm-hmm. But as far as the influence on, like, culture and things and, like, pop culture and things like that, I think that you are going to see video games having that bigger influence. Yes. And my theory is because, like you said, when we were younger, music yeah. played a huge influence on our culture. Oh, yeah. yeah. And before that, movies that mm-hmm. you think of the 80s yeah, true. had a huge yeah. influence on the 80s, yeah. or movies mm-hmm. did. Mm-hmm. And I think video games, and I think the reason for that is, is that every once in a while, someone's going to think of a new thing. And yeah. so video games are a new way of telling stories. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. you know, in a few years, you might see movies might come back and movies will have something new to show. True. But right now you think of movies and every time you and I review a new movie, it's like, this, was been, this has been done before. We've seen this. Yeah. We've done this. Right. And so I think that's why every once in a while, a different media or medium takes over culture mm-hmm. because the old one's gotten tired and worn out. Yeah. And someone had a new way of telling that story. Yes. So I think that's why you'll start seeing that with video games is that video games are the new way of telling stories, the new way of sharing emotion. Mm-hmm. And then in a few years, books, movies, or music will yeah. come above it again. That's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I just think it's just, a, like you said, it's a brand new way. It's up and rising. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now we're we're really gaining traction in the gaming industry, mm-hmm. right? Uh, TV's dying. You know, Travis is going to lose his job. I think that's what you're trying to say. <laughs> I don't uh, mean it like that. I'm just saying that I, that's the more preferable thing right now. Right. Because. Well, I think it also. Yeah. Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. Yeah. I was going to say, it also comes at a really interesting time, right? Mm-hmm. Like this is where video games are happening in our timeline, you know, of our history, but also during the pandemic, uh, Mm -hmm. video games, I don't think it's surprising in 2020 that video games became as popular as they did Mm -hmm. because that was the only really real way to have a new experience and be the only activity we could do. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Really? Like you can't leave your house. And even when you do zoom calls with people, all you can talk about is like, so what'd you do today? (laughs) for a walk i went outside for about five minutes got scared and came inside again. <laughs> exactly <laughs> whereas if you're playing a video game if you're playing fall guys or you're playing among mm-hmm. us or you're playing animal crossing you have a story to tell and something to share with those mm. people a new experience to to go on with them um and it gives you feelings of accomplishment and agency mm. and escapism and yeah. nostalgia and like there's all these wonderful things that they brought into our lives that we really needed over the past year. Like we needed them. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's true. And, uh, I, I kind of want to go into, you know, another question here and we're kind of, uh, going into that, that this is a new medium. This Mm -hmm. is new and rising. I kind of want to go into the discussion, the argument, would you say that, Oh, this is actually going to be the last console generation. 
like, oh, one Series X, you know, they're basically PCs mm-hmm. at this point. Uh, there's no need for it. It's just PCs. No more gaming consoles. So with this sort of influence that we're starting to talk about, that that we are seeing better stories, we are seeing better depictions of what other cultures go through. We are seeing better multiplayer games even. Not even talking about story games, but, mm-hmm. you know, with Among Us or Fall Guys or, uh, or Rainbow Six Siege uh, now on your phone. But do we actually <laughs> believe... <laughs> With all this influence that we're starting to talk about, do we actually feel that the last console generation uh, argument is still valid? Uh, Travis, what do you think about that? That most predictions, especially when it comes to technology, mm-hmm. are wrong. <laughs> so yeah. I think it's really dangerous to make those predictions. Fair. Um, like Google is incredibly skilled and talented and at what they do at the same time, they were sure that Google glass was going to be a thing. They were very sure. Mm -hmm. And that Google plus was going to be a thing. And now it's Google (laughs) Stadia and they are very sure that it's Mm going to be a thing. Yeah. I see everyone down the exact same path. Yeah. Um, And I feel like a lot of these predictions that are made, especially with like VR gaming and cloud gaming and things like that kind of come from a place of privilege where they think Mm -hmm. that people have, a lot more money than they do and have a lot more uh, a lot better internet access like as the king of canada i will say <laughs> we have terrible internet access here it is awful it's really? really good that i can maintain this connection with you right now Jeez. <laughs> because i'm in a major city so i yeah. can but if you go yeah. outside of a major city we have terrible internet like our internet providers here have referred to it as the third world country out in anything outside of the major cities oh um, yeah that's true uh, it's it's rough and you can't do cloud gaming. You can't do multiplayer gaming with that mm-hmm. kind of technology. Yeah. So it certain demands on consoles. Um, and I think also people just like to share their games more. I mean, personally I do, I like playing games with my partner um, mm-hmm. and I like being able to sit on the couch and play a single player game and have uh, them watch because mm. It's just a lot more difficult. Like if Mass Effect is coming out in a couple months with the remaster, yes. I've been considering showing it to my partner, but uh, I could play it on a PC with all the upgraded mods and everything, but then they have to sit right beside me as I play. Yeah. yeah. Uh, see it on, on my computer. Whereas if I have, I'm on the couch, it's a lot easier for them to take that experience in. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think it also speaks to the accessibility of like just the convenience of being able to pop in a disc and know that it's going to play Yes. And know that it's going to work without having to constantly upgrade your computer, keep it up to date, mm-hmm. you know, uh, install mods, things like that. Mm-hmm. Knowing just the consistency and reliability of it and even just the controls. Like a lot of mm-hmm. people are cannot intuit the idea of WASD being forward, left, right, back. Yes. Uh, it's mind blowing to them. Whereas a joystick is very intuitive. You just push mm-hmm. forward and you go forward. Yes. Right. Um, so sorry, that was a really long answer. No, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You're our guest, like that. That's that's yeah. why we have you on, not to stay we don't silent. Want to talk? <laughs> yeah, like you're doing our job for us. Well, Thanks, Adam Charles. likes to talk. <laughs> um, no, that's that's true. What think, What's that? What do you guys think, though? Well, <laughs> I I agree with your answer about PC gaming too. Is because PC gaming is very, it's it's. I won't say it's a very solo run because you can have a good time on PC. Mm-hmm. I'm saying that because I don't want PC gamers at my front door with pitchforks and you know <laughs> f- you know fire and haystacks uh, and all that. But um, <laughs> PC is great. Um, but I I have thought about it before, and you know uh, before when me and Liz were talking about kids someday, and I was also talking about 
Elder Scrolls 6, I'm like, oh my goodness, I'm going to have to play Elder Scrolls 6 on my PC, but how am I going to watch the kid when I'm on my PC? That's, that's the biggest thing I was thinking yeah. about, is that when I'm on a PC and there is a kid, you know, just, you know, strolling along, you being a kid and all that, my back is pretty much to it. But yeah. with a console, it, it's very much, you know, right there in front of me, mm-hmm. you know, and especially with the Switch, you know, it's right there with me with the kid you know they're taking their first steps and i can just glance up on the switch and just be like oh yeah cool <laughs> you better be having if i'm not there you better be having like a video camera constantly on just, them though i'll just have my phone duct taped to the switch just constantly recording like yep keep going <laughs> good job baby <laughs> Um, uh, so we're not parents yet, but uh, clearly, <laughs> clearly, it's like, yeah, yeah, you keep, keep being a kid. Adam has never, um, <laughs> been in contact with a baby that he was responsible for. Yeah. No, no, <laughs> clearly, clearly. <laughs> but, and that's the thing is that like, I, the, the reason I thought about that is because yeah, PCs are very much a solo thing. Like you, mm-hmm. you are very much, uh, you've are very immersed in the story. Yeah. But you're not immersed outside. And that's what I think. That's why I, I like playing video games with Liz because mm-hmm. she's right there on the couch with me. Or, you know, she's playing a game and I get to watch and I get to see her watch her play Sims or, you know, anything like that. But um, in terms of the question, is this the last uh, console generation? I don't believe so. Yeah. Just because like we've like we've been yeah. talking about. It's just there's so much influence going on in the games just mm-hmm. to say that like, oh, yep, no more gaming. Yeah. Why? Yeah. Why? Why mm-hmm. would they say that? If you were to say that this is lost console generation and we're going to cloud gaming and there's going to be an actual almost like a Chromecast stick, yeah, for the next console generation, that's a little bit more believable. But I don't yeah. even see that happening because, like what you were saying, King of Canada, uh, you know, you need to fix your FiOS uh, mm-hmm. connection right there. Uh, there's a lot of things that factor into mm-hmm. it, but I think consoles are here to stay because they're accessible. Uh, not only for the price point, but also for internet access, mm-hmm. you know, uh, Liz, what do you think? So I agree with both of you. Yes. Uh, mostly because it's like, like what Travis was saying that every time we try and predict technology, mm-hmm. it goes above and beyond. It goes way past what we thought it was going to be. Yes. And same thing with what you said, where it's not fully accessible yet. Mm-hmm. So I kind of like putting them together is that you can't predict it. And as of right now, we can't see what else could be ha- could go right. on. Like a lot of people are thinking that it's the last generation because you're like, well, how much could it? Like, how much can you change at this point? Right. But you think back to before we had touchscreen smartphones. Yeah. When we just had QWERTY keyboards. Oh my gosh! <laughs> I don't keyboards. have to do T nine. I can just type it out. T nine. <laughs> And then you just think like, and then we got touchscreen. Yeah. Like, oh my gosh, how does it get better than this? Yeah. And then they're like, you can go on Facebook on your cell phone. What? Do you remember texting Facebook to update your status? Oh yeah, I do. And not, and it couldn't get better. Yeah. And yeah. you just think like back to then, you and you thinking like, oh, this is awesome. Mm-hmm. And you can't even imagine what we can do today, right? On our phones now and. I still love the joke of when people, when teachers used to say to us, like, you're not going to have a calculator with you all the time. <laughs> it's like, ha ha. Yes, gotcha. I do. <laughs> Boom. Got him. But, um, but yeah, so it's, you can't predict technology. So I don't even want to try and guess what another generation would look like or if we'll have another generation. Mm. And going back to my first answer of 
every you're gonna have someone who's gonna do something more at one point once video games have passed their culture influence mm-hmm. it'll come back eventually and they're gonna they're gonna have their second round of yes influence and it's gonna be because someone thought of a new way of doing it yes so i don't think it's mm-hmm. ever gonna be done yep logic is gonna come back to the music yep. scene and you know everything will be right in the world but okay. uh travis what were you about to say <laughs> Um, there's a quote by Henry Ford, uh, the man who like made the automobile, yes. uh, designed the automobile. And what he had said was, if I had asked people what they'd wanted, they would have said faster horses. Mm. Yeah. And True. it's this idea of innovation of we can't see what's coming next because that's what it will make it so popular. That's what's going mm-hmm. to make it so industry changing. The fact that we can't process or think of it yet. Yeah. So that's why predicting these things is so hard. Mm-hmm. Yes. Very true. The only person who can predict it is the person who's making the next thing. Oh, got him. Boom. Mind blown. <laughs> L- Lizzie, <laughs> 2021. Quote here. Uh, so in terms of quotes, you know, let's segue into one of our favorite segments, social media answers. Was I supposed to say that with you? <clears throat> yeah. Uh, th- okay. Three, two, one. Social. <laughs> social. So- I did it. <clears throat> I do. He did Social media answers. I don't like doing things in unison. What? It's that's, like, it's, that's what a marriage is? No, not like that. <laughs> Do you remember trying to get me to say talky time? That's, that's what you're going to get right now. Marriage, anyways, social media answers. I'm just picturing you both up on the altar being like, okay, we're going to do, I, I do, all right? I do. One, One. two, three. I do. No, oh, no, okay, oh, we got to do it again. We got to do it again. <laughs> just three hours later, it's like, everybody's just like. Liz we got still refusing to say it. And we got married in the middle of July in a church it, with no air conditioning. So everybody was like, come on, dude. No one on. would have been hotter than me. I was in a ball gown. <laughs> I still win. Social media answers. So uh, I asked you on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and even the Discord. Woo-hoo! Join our Discord. Travis is in it. Travis, mm-hmm. it's great, right? It's great. No, you guys totally should join. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Travis. Here we go. Uh, even the King of Canada says so himself. Uh, so I asked you on all these places, how do you feel modern video games have influenced culture? And first we have on Instagram, uh, Volt Supreme, who says, I'm not sure. I feel like video games follow culture. Maybe there's some nostalgia related to older games that had influence on modern culture. Haha, <laughs> maybe I shouldn't have commented and he gave the pizza sign. But uh, yeah, and uh, his first point saying, like, uh, I, I feel like video games follow culture. Hmm. And there's an interesting voice cracked. My goodness. Uh, I think there's an interesting point to say from that, that video games follow culture. And what, what do I say on this podcast all the time? That video games are an art form. And what do art what does art do? It mirrors what mm-hmm. culture is. And that's, you know, why I believe that art is still a piece of history because it's mirroring yeah. culture. Now, with that said, I think there's a good way to think about that, that if they do follow culture, it's a great way to reflect what's happening in culture for somebody who's not in the know of mm-hmm. what's happening right now. Uh, you know, say, for example, again, tell me why. Like, this is what's happening in this world. It's a great way to depict that. It may follow culture, but at least it's a great way to get updated about it. Uh, forget Fox News. Play your Xbox. But, uh, Travis, what do you think about that? I did think that's definitely true. Like, um, my partner and I are, are watching Battlestar Galactica right now. Nice. Uh, and 
it is so reflective of North American culture after 9-11 mm-hmm. uh, because that is the time at which it was made. And they're talking about, you know, terrorist bombers and things like that. Um, but there was an interesting part where, uh, oh, what, what exactly happened? Um, there was an accident on the ship and they decide to open up at a special investigation to look at what happened. And they uh, end up politically shutting down the investigation because they don't want a witch hunt and they don't want people accusing each other and this going all mm. awry, which during a post 9-11, you know, immediately era made a lot of sense because that's a lot of the fear and hysteria that was going around of mm-hmm. who can we trust? Who can we trust? Who can we trust? Yeah. In a Trump world, looking mm. at shutting down a special investigation into a crime because these people have too much power to be investigating us. <laughs> it's a little different. It, yeah. It does, yeah. Does, <laughs> I'm not saying that makes it a bad show or anything. It's still great. But like mm-hmm. you said, it, it mirrors culture in a very specific time. Mm. And as culture changes and shifts, yeah. so yeah. is the media that's being made and how you're going to be looking at it. Yeah. There's been a lot of times where me and Adam will go back and watch like an old show or an old movie and something will happen. We're like, oh, that wouldn't fly today. Yeah. <laughs> There's no way mm-hmm. you'd get that approved today. Yeah. I'm trying to think of like one thing that we were thinking about. I was like, oh, that even would just be. like, um, like jokes to women, yes. like certain things. I'm like, you can't say that on TV today. Yeah, you can't do that. <laughs> that dude. would yeah. not work. Yeah, very much a very, a uh, very boomer humor, mm-hmm. uh, as we would like to call it in, uh, nowadays. But yeah, and that, that's the thing. There are some things that it's great that it reflects culture, and it's just a great way to dissect culture. I guess yeah. you can say, you know, oh, uh, Travis we lost him. Travis, no, he's gone. He's gone. Oh, and I could just oh. see us. That's terrifying. Oh, Travis. I we, hear him. I hear Travis. But anyway. Uh, let me put my video oh, back up. Oh, oh, oh. There we go. Hey. We, Woohoo. Hey, beautiful. Discord. So this is what I'm talking about. Internet in Canada. It is not reliable. No. <laughs> uh, before we lose you again, let's go on to our second. Uh, we have uh, uh, two other pieces of social media answers. And this comes from Discord. Woohoo. We got at Commander Nikki. Coming in a Discord, who says, I'm pretty sure gaming helps with the advancement of higher resolutions in film, and filming is also better internet services. Um, and I think she's talking even about ray tracing. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, me, uh, you know, there's definitely things uh, to say about that. Oh, and let's not forget the memes. Uh, this is a great point here. The memes. Even if you haven't played the game or maybe aren't a gamer at all, you might have put F in the chat. <laughs> um <laughs> esports and journalism and streaming and podcasting gaming can be a job even if you're not on a developer side mm. uh so it can influence your culture by having jobs out there by you know streaming podcasting esports journalism into mm-hmm. it there's a lot of things to say about that and i love what she says about memes and memes are definitely and i'm not even saying it's sarcastic memes are adam's number one priority that too <laughs> But, you know, it goes, it goes, Jesus memes, Liz. Hey. <laughs> okay, fine. Jesus, Liz memes. There you, know, you go. They're, 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 they're right there. Wait, there are Liz memes? <gasps> are there Liz memes? I don't know. Have you made any? Uh, I'm going to make some Liz memes. Anyways, but, <laughs> uh, but yes, uh, memes, I believe, and I'm not even saying it sarcastically. I think memes are just as much a part of history as artwork. Uh, thinking of even the United Airlines memes. My goodness, those were my favorite memes oh of my all gosh, time. You lived for I, those. 
if I didn't get a United Airlines meme of 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 that day during that time, I was very upset. Yeah. <laughs> but um, Travis, do you remember the United Airlines memes? I don't actually. Can you enlighten me? Yes, oh, no. I will enlighten you. You'll so, have to share some to the Discord <coughs> later. I we'll will have to dig them up. I'll have to dig through it. Uh, I'll have to dig through it. Somebody touched my spaghetti memes, but no, no. Uh, but United Airlines actually had this uh, this passenger be dragged out of the plane, refusing to give up his seat because they overbooked the flight, and therefore a doctor and they put him to the back, and he came back from the back bloody, and so. There's this whole, I do remember this. You remember yeah. this. And so there was a lot of memes going around of like um, uh, one of them being that it was a uh, floor plan of a plane. It's like the, the first class. Then you have the commercial flight and in the back of Fight Club. It's <laughs> just so stupid. <laughs> and then you had like a Power Rangers meme where it's like uh, if you fly on the United Airlines. <laughs> okay, we're professional here. But what I am saying is that <laughs> What I am saying is that uh, I think memes have its place in history yeah. because it is another depiction of what culture is. Yeah. And video games have definitely been a part of that, including Among Us, putting F in the chat that came from Call of Duty Advanced Warfare. Uh, you know, you you uh, had to pl- press F to pay respects, you know, kind of like laying rest to uh, rest in peace. So whenever you're putting an F in the chat, you're, it's pretty much an oof. Like, oh, like crap. Oh, putting F in the chat that came from a video game, Mm -hmm. you know, or this this person is sus. I'm not sure if that really came from Among Us, though. I think sus was before that. That was actually from um, uh, from uh, AAVE, like black culture, um, where that came from originally. But then through certain streamers that became popular and then obviously blew up to the wider cultural understanding of like sus. Yes. So. And that's the thing. I think video games have its place in culture by developing memes, like, you know, co- uh, content for memes. Mm-hmm. Uh, Travis, what do you think about all that? Uh, are you interested in looking up United Airlines memes? <laughs> uh, well, now I am. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I actually want to jump back to something else Nikki had said, because at least I, I feel like I know what I'm talking about with that one yeah. when it comes to filmmaking. Okay. Um, so uh, it actually is having an impact on filmmaking. Um the way that we do all the CGI in our films is now starting to be influenced by, uh, by video game creation. Mm. Um, people are using unreal engine, like L- Lion King, for instance, the mm. newest Disney oh, live yeah. action remake. It was yeah. not a live action. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. not live action. Uh, uh, that was done with unreal engine. Mm. Um, wow. and, uh, 1917, um, that film, Sam Mendes, the director talked about his inspiration for the cinematography was from Red Dead Redemption, watching his kids oh, play wow. it. Mm. And that's why the camera angle is behind in a third-person perspective, just up a bit mm. to mm-hmm. uh, above and to the nice. side. So it feels like a video game. Uh, and it, it's amazing how it has influenced culture and it keeps going sort of back and forth. And I feel like uh, The Hobbit, for instance, never would have attempted a higher frame rate if it mm. weren't for the video game community. I, I don't think they would have even bothered trying to make that work. But I think it's people liking the higher frame rate in video games yeah. that's caused that, that's caused the default of, do you guys know what motion smoothing is on TVs? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like that has, at least in the film world where I come from, that has become this huge debate of like, should motion smoothing even be allowed on TVs? And I yeah. don't think that would even have happened in the first place, again, if it weren't for video games, because it's just essentially upping the frame rate of something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I know Tom so Cruise it, is a, it, uh, not a fan of uh, motion smoothness. 
most people in the film world are not. It's yeah. mostly uh, those of us in the gamer world that find it interesting. I, I just find it intriguing. Uh, my partner is a cinematographer and hates it. Just really? hates that it exists. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good to know. Uh, and, that, and that's the thing is that, uh, like you said, it really came from gamer culture. You know, it mm-hmm. influenced the way films are made. That's really interesting. Yeah. Um, uh, Liz, any thoughts before I move on to the last piece of social media answers? Nope, because I don't remember <laughs> like the main <laughs> statement that we're talking about. Um, I'll just move on to the third okay. one. <laughs> uh, how do you feel modern video games have influenced culture? And finally, we have from Twofer, and then we'll go into closing thoughts here. Uh, Twofer has to say, I think it goes both ways. I really do believe that people... Uh, I really do believe that they have been very helpful for millions of people during quarantines and just everything going on, having an escape. So what he says is that he believes that it goes both ways that, you know, um, uh, culture influences video games and video games influence Mm -hmm. culture. Uh, It can go either way, especially in the time of quarantine. Oh, yeah. uh, That we make our own culture from video games because Mm -hmm. we're all stuck inside. Um, Travis, you were talking a little bit about this, how, you know, you go on zoom calls and you talk about your adventures in among mm-hmm. us. Um, what do you think about that? That it kind of goes both ways that it influenced culture and culture influences it. I think that's absolutely true. Um, I think if you are creating art, uh, it is always reflective of the culture that you're in, but if you mm-hmm. make really good art, yes. if you make something really powerful, that is what's going to change culture around it mm-hmm. because it uh, has affected the way that people are going to view art going forward and mm-hmm. how they look at everything else in that medium. Um, and you really, as like as someone who works in film, as a filmmaker, that's something that you really hope and strive for, mm-hmm. that you can make something that can influence culture in that way, that your your art can have that kind of impact. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I don't know. Um, I think that's, yeah, that's kind of how I look at it. I don't know. I've, I feel like I've talked so much about TV and film and culture right now that I can oh, yeah. pass yeah. it over to you guys. Well, that, that's the thing. That's why I kind of wanted to have you on because you have that perspective mm-hmm. of, you know, TV production and um, I don't. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, Liz, what do you think about that? I mean, it kind of goes back to partially what I was saying earlier about how it does impact mm-hmm. culture and how we view things. It's just like what it's showing, like what's, popular right now yes um and it also what you said where art is going to reflect what's going on around you yeah so i think i mean he pretty much said what we've said already i do um like what travis said how like it's when you want to do that yeah. <laughs> the camera went out. but i think it goes back i, I like what travis said where um if you make something powerful enough, that's when the art starts impacting culture. And I think that's like that. I, I just really liked that statement. Cause it, it made me think like, like, yeah. Cause like, you know, you know, when the art impacts culture, because that's when you'll start seeing other people like, I want to do that. I want to do something mm-hmm. like that. Um, and that's when it starts influencing culture because then you'll start seeing it everywhere. Cause this one person made a big impact and everyone's like, I want to try that because they admire what that person did. Mm-hmm. Um, and I find that yeah, that's really interesting in video games, especially because we have entire genres named after games mm-hmm. that defined them. Yes. Like genres mm-hmm. pop up around Metroidvania, Souls-like, Rogue-like. Rogue-like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All of those things 
are based off of one or two games that yeah. inspired an entire genre. Yes. Um, yeah. So it's amazing how much, yeah, how much impact one piece of art can have on its entire medium. Mm-hmm. I agree. And um, I, I think that kind of brings us into our closing thoughts segments uh, as we're um, coming near the end of our uh, great show here. But uh, I'll share my closing thoughts. Liz shares yours. And Travis, we want you to have the last words here. But uh, and I really want to end on the question, uh, what sorts of changes in culture do we want from video games uh, positively? And do we think that there are negative impacts of video games that can affect culture? Uh, and the way I think about it, right, is that I think video games should be in a way they should stretch the limits of what culture thinks about a certain people group. It doesn't have to be like what Tell Me Why is mm-hmm. with the transgender community. I think it's very much should mm-hmm. and it should really dive deep in that. But many different cultures that we don't even really think about. Uh, the other thing I loved about Tell Me Why was the Alaskan people mm-hmm. and the culture of that. Mm-hmm. We never ever saw that in video games and it really dived deep into the the family dynamics of an Alaskan culture, right? And the mm-hmm. tribes and uh, why they're so connected. Uh, and I And I think there's a positive influence to say that let's just understand each other. Let's yeah. all understand that we're all human beings, but yeah. we all have different paths in life. Uh, the negative impacts, of course, can also be a disconnection, right? Mm-hmm. To say that we don't see each other face to face, that it's only competition, that uh, it's only multiplayer. It's only uh, going after your foe. Like there's only, and I don't think video games really do that. I think they want to depict friendship and teamwork and Mm -hmm. there's so many things that video game multiplayers do that really make you think about your fellow brother um although if you go on an xbox live chat very different story uh especially (laughs) call of duty black ops my goodness uh the first time i did that i regretted everything and i wanted to jump out a window but my point is (laughs) my point is is that saying that there are negative impacts to say yeah if the wrong person let's talk about another people group, the wrong person who doesn't have anything to do with that people group. Mm-hmm. And it's just guessing or going off of a Wikipedia page and p- spreading myth misinformation. Mm-hmm. I think that can be put into video games. It can. But mm-hmm. my, my point is that saying that's, I think we can understand each other. Burp gang. Oh no. I tried to hold it in. No. Gross. We should be all human beings together. Lizzie, take it away. <laughs> <laughs> So I tried so hard. Just, to, I'm so distracted now. I'm sorry. I tried to hold it. In. I love the last thing that you said on this. It was a burp. That was your closing thought <laughs> of your closing thought. <laughs> and, and wrapping this all up, burp gang. Anyway. Yes. Um. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to remember what I was gonna say yes. now. I I did want to say you brought up um, tell me why yes. and like learning about the clinket yes. culture. I actually, that impacted an everyday life thing. I was, you know how Google does like those like spotlight things. Like when you Mm -hmm. sign out, like when you're doing a search, they have like a, this person day and they design it after that and everything. So there was one day there was a person like, Oh, who's this? And I clicked on it and they said that I don't remember her name or anything. She did. Wow. (laughs) But I'm just saying, I remember it's like part of this tribe or something like that and i was standing out, i was like i think that's clinking i was like oh my gosh clink it yeah <laughs> and i was like alaskan 
Yeah. And, <laughs> and I was like, I know that. <laughs> I understood that reference. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I, I think that's cool how like a video game did impact um, something in my everyday life. I learned something from that video game. Mm-hmm. And um, I like that. I think that video games offer, and this kind of goes back to what we were talking about earlier. And I think Travis mentioned it, how it's a more, you're more involved in the story. You're involved in learning and the person and it's different from watching a movie mm-hmm. about something um because when you're playing a video game you're involved in it you're in it yes you're more part of it and um i think that's really good in a way to like really when you're especially when you're talking about serious subjects it really like makes a bigger impact when it's the person you're playing yes something's happening to them or something like that I do think the negative side of that is feeling it that much more on a deeper level and mm-hmm. it, it can be a good and bad thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just think that it, it has its positives. It's had, it has its negatives and mm-hmm. that's that. Yeah. Uh, Travis, <laughs> <laughs> I'm bad at closing thoughts, closing thoughts, uh, some positive things you want from video game culture. Some things that can be negative. Uh, any other closing thoughts? Travis, take it away. Uh, so one of the things I want to jump on really quick is because you had mentioned um, not getting to see a lot of the uh, Alaskan culture and stuff like that. And actually, there is a really great game you guys might want to check out because it's a two-player co-op, so you might get to play together. Hmm. Uh, it's called Never Alone. Oh, uh, yes. It's about yeah. a young Inuit girl and her Arctic fox. I think it's Arctic fox. Her yeah. animal companion. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and you two are like platforming and solving puzzles together and you learn about their culture and all of the collectibles that you unlock, all of those collectibles unlock videos that describe things about their culture. It was mm. made by those Inuit people, um, or Inupiat, I might've gotten that wrong, yeah. um, but even still, um, we still really enjoyed playing it and we really enjoyed learning about it. And uh, that was just a really cool experience for us. Um, having said that, what do I want to see from video games in the future? What do I want to see? Um, I, I want to see more diverse stories being told uh, mm-hmm. and I want to see more ways of telling them. Mm-hmm. Um, I love combat in games. I am, I love the skill that it requires, but I also want to see things outside of combat. I love games that are challenging me to find other solutions to my problems like mm-hmm. undertale or like certain RPG games or things like that. Um, I really like that there's different ways to go about it. Um, Prey is a game that I really loved because it's an immersive sim and Mm -hmm. they had a lot of choices for how to solve problems. And some of them were shoot the thing, but some of them were completely off the wall ways of getting Mm -hmm. to your goal, which I really liked and really found interesting. Um, The danger that it poses, I I would go back to something that you had said, Adam, of um, what's getting to experience something that is not your own is very cool and very fun but trying to tell a story that is not your own is mm-hmm. very dangerous. Mm. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And not involving people from those communities, if you want to tell a diverse story, it's not something that's inherently evil to want to tell that story. It's just, it's dangerous because you could have misconceptions about who they are as people um, and what they want their stories to be. Uh, so I, I just worry about that. Um, like, yeah. for instance cyberpunk for instance uh did not handle its trans issues very well did not handle uh certain race issues very well uh Mm. with their characters and 
I don't think that makes cyberpunk a bad game. I don't think it makes mm-hmm. those developers evil, but that's a blind spot for them that they could have focused on a bit more. Yeah. But they also had a lot of other problems to deal with. <laughs> so it was, I can't be that hard on them right now. One drop in the ocean. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah really. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I just that's what I want to see. More diverse stories and more diverse ways of telling stories as well. Uh, and I think we're going to see that because we were seeing it more and more with every passing year. So I'm mm-hmm. that's why I love this medium. And that's why I'm so excited to play more. Yeah, yeah exactly. And um, you know, before we close out the show here, uh, speaking of diversity speaking of spreading positivity uh speaking of telling stories of your own i want to talk a little bit about rainbow road podcast Woo-hoo. oh it's uh it's the podcast that travis does and he's going to talk about it because i forced him to okay travis uh take it away so i do want to roll the red carpet uh where can we find rainbow road what's it about any other projects that we should be looking out for in the horizon uh take it away red carpet you plug anything that you want Sure. Um, so our podcast is called Rainbow Road, as you said. Um, oh, it no. is about queerness in gaming. Uh, so we talk about games that have queer characters, queer developers, queer stories, um, anything that you can think of under the LGBT umbrella. Um, we have talked about games like Mass Effect and Last of Us and Dream Daddy and things like that. Some of the stuff is very high-minded, conceptual, academic theory, and some of it is thirsting over characters and (laughs) everything in between. Mm -hmm. Um, So there's a little bit of something for everyone. Um, You can find us on Apple, on Spotify, on basically all major podcast platforms. uh, And you can find us on Twitter at Rainbow Road Pod. Um, Yeah. And that's where you can find us. Nice. And, uh, and you don't have an Instagram for it, right? No, we don't. Cause I'm old. (laughs) (laughs) That's a great answer. <laughs> Love it. Um, yeah, because I tried to search for you on uh, Instagram. I couldn't. I was like, "Am I stupid?" But uh, no, we just have a Twitter. I I don't know how to do Instagram. I don't take photos. I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> that's fine. I I very much neglect the Instagram. To yeah. be honest with you, I and if I did the Instagram, it'd be all pictures of Floki. Probably. Um, but yeah, so definitely check out Rainbow Road Podcast when you have the chance. If you if you enjoy this podcast, if you enjoy uh the person that's been on here the the most, Andrew Orsi. Mm-hmm. Andrew Orsi has been on there twice. Yes. Am I right? Twice. Yeah. Twice. So He's Dream just Daddy like and Kingdom Hearts. Dream Daddy and Kingdom Hearts. Andrew Orsi being on those episodes. So if you enjoy Andrew Orsi, which why don't you? Uh right. Check out that. Who doesn't? Yeah, exactly. I was going to say, they can't be fans of this podcast and not like Andrew because he's on here all the time. I know. So <laughs> Really? Uh, but yeah, Travis, again, thanks for coming on. Uh, it was really a blast. And thank you for sharing your insights into uh, you know uh, TV production here. Thank you so much for having me on. No problem. And uh, with all that said and done, uh, we want to thank you again for watching uh, and listening to this week's uh, What's Up? Oh, job. oh, okay. Fair enough. Uh, gracious. <laughs> uh, thank you again for listening to this week's uh, Games and Groceries podcast. You can, of course, find us on Twitter at Game and Groceries, or you can follow us um, on Instagram, Games and Groceries, all one word. We have an Instagram. We're also old. <laughs> uh, I'm young. Uh, I'm only 27. Yikes. I'm 30. <laughs> uh, but you can find us on Facebook. Uh, and also join the Discord. I've said it three times at this point. Mm-hmm. Join the Discord. Do it now. Link in the description down below. Join us. Uh, Travis is on there if you want to, you know, rant with us a little bit. And uh, with all that said and done, thanks again. Stay safe out there. 
please wear your mask mm -hmm. and have a good one. Please. Bye. Please wear a mask. Wear that mask. <laughs>